The Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program presents the Lessons in Success podcast with Anna Steinfest. Every week, we will bring you the strategies and resources you need to build your business and add knowledge and expertise in order to have a profitable future for your business. Here's your host, the administrator of the Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program, Anna Steinfest. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on our next episode of Lessons in Success. And I'm here in the studio with Dr. Michael Troyer. Good morning, Anna. And today we will be talking about growing your business. Is it really all that critical? I think it is. Um, We all know that growing your business is seen as a measure of success. So that's certainly one of the reasons for growing a business. I think also growing a business forces you to improve it and sometimes to add the capabilities that you need among your employees so that you can continue to be out ahead of the curve, as they might say. Uh, I think it develops the organization's ability then to manage change and stay ahead of change. I've always admired Andy Grove of Intel Corporation, who regularly pushed his, his team to advance the microchip a little bit ahead of where they were. And it, that meant they sacrificed the chip they had in the market in order to get the next iteration of that chip out there because they were staying ahead of change and they were staying ahead of their competition. So he was very successful at, and, and he didn't care about the sacrifice of the previous product that had been out there. Uh, I think it also generates a sense of excitement and engagement in employees when you're going. You th- think of a team we all know that had a very successful year. I think the success of one game built on another. So when you when you grow the business, the team, the people get excited about the fact that you're making progress. Absolutely. And, you know, I, we know that the growth can be achieved uh, through creating additional product, like you said, mm-hmm. to staying on the verge of innovation, of lowering your cost that will help you get um, additional market space by enhancing products and services. Are there any other ways the business can grow? Actually, there are quite a few ways. Uh, It takes a little bit of digging to to learn about some of them, but we tend to to go with those basic ideas that we all look at and think Mm -hmm. that that's how we're going to get our business to grow. We were talking in a previous segment on closing the deal Mm -hmm. about the problem that the customer is facing and listening carefully to understand that. There's a concept out there called outside-in, which means that not only do you ask questions and listen very carefully to the customer, but you could go another step, and that's to observe how they use your product as a tool to help them solve their problem or your service as a tool. So I like to use the word tool rather than product or service. You're really serving somebody else. Mm-hmm. When you watch how they use it, you will learn things you can do to improve your service to them and they will buy more of what you have. For example, maybe they combine your particular product with another product It takes the two together to solve the problem. Then why let somebody else sell them that? other product? Why don't you put that as part of your your combination of products that you're selling them? And it's just called outside-in thinking, observing carefully to see what, what people do. I agree with you. And just to add to what you just said, a lot of business owners, we fall in love again with our product so much that we think that we will put the product on the shelves and people will buy it. And we don't understand that, for example, if our product, for example, is square and the need out there is round, 
it, it will never fit. So just make sure that you go out, like you said, outside in perspective and ask your clients. Mm-hmm. Go back and ask them over and over again because they will give you the feedback you need to modify your product to be successful and to grow your business. A piece of that, too, interestingly, is to ask them and observe them for any effort that they're putting into this, using this product that you could take away by better designing it, redesigning it. Mm -hmm. Or if they're suffering frustration trying to figure out how to use your tool, then that's something you need to adjust for very quickly. Because if you don't, someone else will. They'll produce a better Absolutely. It has to be simple. The customer doesn't have to think or do extra step to use your product. Think how we've changed in our culture now. When, when we open a web page, and if it takes you know, 60 mm-hmm. seconds, two minutes, we're already gone. It may mm-hmm. open, but we're, we're long gone. We no longer have the patience. So that's what we have to be looking for. How do we take that impatience mm-hmm. away and, or serve it in some fashion? And make sure that it's simple. Yep. A, lot, yes. a lot of the businesses, their main mistake is like they overcomplicate things. Yep. And that makes the client turn somewhere else. I think one of those is the uh, remote control for a TV that has 246 buttons on it, of which I only use four. But it's finding those four in the midst of all of those. It takes a while. <laughs> and, and that's where we've enhanced the product to the point it's almost well, it's very frustrating. It does make you angry. There's too much there. Mm-hmm. I just want to turn it on, turn it off, and adjust the sound. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and right now, um, the Amazon Fire... Um, they have their remote control is very simple, very simple. So it's you're right. I mean, if you if you don't come up with something simple, somebody else will. I would like to ask you another question because when we talk about business growth, there is um, conception and and there is um, a statement about the blue ocean. What is a blue ocean? All right. I'm going to help define that by talking about the red ocean first. The Red Ocean is where all the firms have products competing for the same customers. And when one company enhances their product, everybody else does the same enhancement. And eventually, they're bloodying each other up by all adding on to this product, making it more impossible to use, as we just talked about. And and they're now eventually fighting on price alone because everything else is the same. And then the lowest cost pro- producer is going to win that one. That's, that's called convergence. Blue Ocean happens to be those uncontested market spaces where the competition is irrelevant. If you can get in there and and serve some customers that everybody else forgot about, you have a a wonderful opportunity to grow. For example, think of uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, You probably speak French. You can probably say that better than I can. But we were at a time when the the circus was beginning to, to die out. It wasn't as popular as it used to be. And they came along and said, what if we combine the concept of a circus, not the animals, but but the wonderful uh, people on the trapeze and whatnot, and we combine that with theatrics from the, the, the element of a theater, put them together, could we find a market? And of course, they've been incredibly successful. In fact, they have no competitors. So when, when you see the name Cirque de Soleil, you get excited because that's a unique opportunity to go watch something you won't see anywhere else. So... Looking for those uncontested markets, and I can give you a few more quick examples. Uh, the Model A. In the early days, I mean, my father grew up Amish, and everything was horse and buggy, and then somebody invented this crazy thing where you, you put this new concept called a, a motor engine 
on a buggy and you could drive it down the street without a horse. And as that developed, they, they were fairly fancy. The Rio, uh, some very expensive cars for those who had the money. And then along came this gentleman called Henry Ford, who said, I want a car that everybody can afford. So he figured out how to produce it. Uh, and it was really the development of the Industrial Revolution, mass production. But he put it on the street at a price you could afford. He also produced a car that was easy to repair. My father drove a Model T up Pikes Peak with a friend. On the way back down, the engine blew up. So they drove it into a field. They hiked down to the bottom of the, of the mountain, bought four parts they needed, hiked back up, fixed it, and drove it home. Hard to do these days. Yeah. But, but he, was, he was filling that blue ocean that was there that nobody had thought to fill. Think of what the Chrysler minivan did for the family, being able to take them. It, it replaced the station wagon. Uh, it had even more room. Uh, became the car of status for a long time. Think what Dell Computer did to say, I'll let you order your computer the way you want it, rather than having to buy off the shelf whatever everybody else puts in front of you. So they were filling a blue ocean opportunity, if you will. Uh, so your recommendation is the companies to make sure that they um, search for this blue ocean or for niche, because a lot of companies are very good into the they're very good niche player. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they decided to go in different route, so they enter field they should never enter, and that's why sometimes they stun their growth or even go mm-hmm. and, and in the other direction. There's been a lot of people who said, oh, stay with your core, stay with mm-hmm. your core, don't wander from your core business. Well, some, some companies have been extraordinarily successful wandering from their core when they've done the study right. You'll notice in all of these cases, they were looking at a larger market of customers and non-customers. Who isn't buying this? What do they want that we could produce? Where in all this does the business model come into play? That's a very good question. From all the study I've seen of innovation, one of the things we've learned is that most of the significant innovation that's helped companies grow has been in the business model. It's been looking at your model, and if everybody else has kind of got the same model, then how do you tweak it to make it different? Some of the things we've talked about we can go right back to. If we observe customers in terms of the problem they're trying to solve, we can create a whole new business model around serving them better. Uh, there's a famous uh, study done by a man named Clayton Christensen. He's a professor at MIT, was a consultant. He looked at a fast food restaurant. He was asked who they brought he and his students in. And they figured out there were two markets that weren't being served. There was a commuter who was going into work, into the big city, leaving at 6 or 7 in the morning, going to be there about eight, about an hour travel. What did they want? They wanted a milkshake that was thick enough that it would take them the whole trip to drink it because that would keep them occupied, if you will. Right after that person uh, was done buying milkshakes before they left for work came mothers with kids in, in uh, strollers. They were entertaining the kids by getting them out of the house, but they didn't want to be there too long. So they wanted a thin milkshake, no fruit, nothing that would s- cause it the, the uh, straw to stick. And what happened was this fast food restaurant figured out they could increase sales, which they did, by serving the commuters first. Nobody thought about commuters. Then serving the mothers with strollers and infants. Nobody thought about specific serving them. So there's an example of, of filling in those gaps, uh, finding a way to, to produce something that's needed, if we understand the customer. Absolutely. Thank you. The excellent uh, examples. So to recap, um, where else we can look for growth opportunities? I think we have to look at markets. 
and we have to look at the consumers in those markets and then who's not right now in those markets and who can we bring in that we haven't in the past. Uh, so we really have to become students of our customers. We have to become students of the markets we're serving and we can't get caught up in the concept, this is the way we've always done it. We have a legacy product, it's really good. People tell us they like it and they'll continue to tell us they like it until somebody comes up with something better and we need to be out there as, as that better choice, even if we have to give up on a product that we took this time to invest in and, and get us this far. Uh, I, I think of one last example. There's a um, theater chain in Belgium, and uh, this was a time when movie, chain, movie theaters were going downhill. Nobody was coming anymore. A lot of them had gone bankrupt. And a, name by, a man by the name of Bert Clays came up with a concept. So he produced something we now see around. You'll recognize a lot of these. But he put it together as a package. It's called Kinopolis. Kinopolis was a set of 23 screens in a large movie theater complex with 700 seats, unheard of at the time. The seats all laid backwards. You could almost, like a sleeper seat. Uh, people could walk in front of you to get to their seat and you wouldn't have to pull your legs out of the way because that's how much width there was in the aisles. Of course, he left a, a place to put your cup of soda on either side of your seat. But the unique thing was he gave you an armrest on both sides. So instead of looking over at your neighbor who you don't know and saying, hey, he's got his elbow on my armrest, what do I do? You had your own armrest. He provided babysitting for the families. And what he was really after was, again, people who were unserved. I've, I've got to find parking. I've got to find a babysitter. No, he went out, in the, out on the outskirts of town, big area of land, free parking, babysitting service. Uh, all these things he did to capture a market that was unserved and declining. And while everybody else kind of left the market, he grew like crazy. He did very, very well. And, of course, we've borrowed a lot of those ideas since then. Well, obviously, he was 20 years prior to our new theaters here and things like that. So yes. that's absolutely. But that's that idea of looking at the genius. market and saying who's not there or who's leaving. Mm -hmm. How do we absolutely. serve them? Thank you so much, Michael. And thank you to our listeners. If you would like to share your thoughts, please contact us via thepackers.com under the community page, the Green Bay Packers Mentor Protégé Program. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Green Bay Packers Mentor Protégé Program and the Digital Department of Northeast Wisconsin Technical College.